Hey, spooky friends, and welcome to The Three Twisted Sisters, hosted by Britt, Kay, and Lexi. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about close encounters of the twisted kind. You guessed it, we are talking about aliens. Yes. Maybe you guessed it, maybe you didn't. <laughs> but it's aliens, baby. So we have discussed aliens in the past, but we wanted to do kind of like a little deep dive into aliens in general. So hang in there. <laughs> what do you guys think? Like, what's the first word that comes to mind when you think of aliens? Marvel. Cool. Scary. <laughs> Unknown. Mysterious. Extraterrestrial. Advanced. Area 51. Government conspiracy. Government cover-up. These are not just one word. That first I was going to say. <laughs> but these are the words that come into my mind one by one when I think of them. Yeah. I think I want to be abducted. You're- Tell you how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to learn today how to be abducted. Not that yes. Lexi's gotten herself abducted yet. That's my goal for 2023. So yeah. little you got to do it like in the backyard. They're not, it's like a vampire. They're not allowed in unless they want to like cup of coffee before they head back. Yeah. Because I make pretty good coffee. Fair enough. Yeah. So, and even then, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they can just pull me out my window. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, but your window has the screen, and then if you have it locked, and it's, it's a tight fitting no. over there, like the the gate. You really think you don't think to unlock a window? Literally, you don't think that they can go and she can just go through an object and like levitate me? Yeah, and I'm like, wait, Marvel, and I'm like, okay, and then they bring a little Marv, and then we're just in our PJs levitating. Imagine if exactly. I'm at work and you get abducted, and the boys wake up and they're like, "Where is everyone?" That would be horrible. They have an you iPad. You have to leave a note. They have an iPad. You need to leave a note, though. <laughs> That's another thing. You gotta just let us know. That way I don't, like, call the cops. Right. Sorry about there's a large... There's a UFO outside my room. There's a large plane making some noise. Oh, um, I didn't hear it. You're good. So we haven't been abducted yet. It's definitely on Lexi's bucket list, but... I mean, for me, it's like I love I love the stars. I love looking at you know the stars in the sky and stuff. But I anything like involving space, I adore the moon. <laughs> but anything like if if they're like, hey, there's a spaceship you can go on and you can go take a ride around the Earth. I I like the Earth. You know, I want to have my feet on the ground and. See, I think it's okay to have a healthy fear and not like, oh, I'm so terrified. Like, you're a little much. But then the other side of the spectrum, you guys are both like freaks. Because I think, in my personal opinion, because I think it's okay to have a healthy fear because it's unknown. And a lot of the abduction stories involve a lot of pain, a lot of fear, and they hurt them. Not Peter Quill's. I said a lot. <laughs> a lot of abduction hey, there stories. There. <laughs> yeah, there's emotional pain. But I, I, 
feel like any of the quote legitimate, not Hollywood. Yeah. It's it's unknown. So it is scary. And when I saw what I think was an alien, that shit's I mean, it was like scary because I didn't know what it was, but I was like intrigued and I had to go figure out what it was. Right. But it's like the curiosity. I don't know if it's if it's so much of for me, like my anxiety or anything about that like I just don't know but it's also like the thought of space being a vacuum and you can just be like going on forever and it's you know forever and always you're stuck in this vacuum that's dark and cold yeah because what happened to Peter Quill's dad well not dad not the god guy but like the blue guy yeah that's fucked up Let's just lock you out there and then you're float you're dead floating through space forever. He sacrificed himself for his son. <sighs> yeah. For his, for it's his not son. the it's not the movie that scares me. It's that idea of being like overthrown out of a spaceship and then you're just done. What if there's parts in the galaxy or the universe where there we can breathe and we just don't know because we've never explored it? Yeah. Which that would be But what- we don't know. It's unknown. And you're like, maybe it's like the, (laughs) like there's no gravity. So you, and there's nothing to like hold on to or like push yourself off of. So you're just like constantly like, but you're not getting anywhere. You know, that freaks me out too. (laughs) Yeah. Be like you're flying. Yeah, but you're not moving. (laughs) But there's no wind. Think about. You're just floating there you're just hovering there's got to be space winds there's no no, there's there's no wind in space and even at that and that's like another thing maybe i'm just like so dumb but it doesn't make sense to me because i'm like how can things if there's no gravity if there's no wind if there's no like air how do things move and like there's like um like the asteroid belt yeah to provide an example, or like a comet going, you know, that kind of thing. Like it has force behind it and it has like that momentum to get it to move. But at the same time, like how <laughs> does that Well, work? maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is wind in space, but I know there's no wind on the moon. No, not on the moon. But is there wind in space? I think there is. I don't, is I think there, it's all just energy. Even, isn't there even bullet? Because I know, like, once you're on a planet, like... It's um, different, because the atmosphere could be different. Yeah, exactly. Um, Exactly. What if there's even, like... Never mind. Hmm. Say it. Like, outer space creatures... That just like can live in and flow. Mm-hmm. I bet like like we don't even know what's in the ocean. Imagine like if there's like space snakes and they can yeah like, through this. That's what's like the unknown to me freaks me out. So this says this says there are solar winds given off by stars. But mostly, stars. but they mostly affect energy. So I was right by saying in Rattlescarf that it was like it's energy that's how they move. Um, bah, 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 bah. 
They mostly affect energy, not physical items. There is almost no atmosphere of any kind in space. There is nothing to blow around to create a conventional wind such as we would experience on Earth or any other planets that have atmosphere. So just to get us started, I'm going to talk about the alien species, quote unquote, most associated with abductions or house visits, <laughs> the greys. Now, they're also known as Zeta reticulans, and they appear as some people say they're tall. Some people, most people say that they're shorter than like the average human height, um, slender, human-like creatures with slick gray skin and big black eyes, kind of like your typical run-of-the-mill alien, just not necessarily green. Um, like I said, these kinds of extraterrestrials are seen in close encounter type scenarios. Um, now accounts vary, but in 1891, author Kenneth, Kenneth <laughs> Follingsby wrote the book Meta, A Tale of the Future, where the main character comes upon small gray humanoid figures with bulbous heads. Now this was the first like, um, almost like a science fiction novel, like the first of its kind. Um, and then about four years later, H.G. Wells presented a theory that not only are greys the evolved version of humans, they will be the future successors to our species, which I thought was interesting because um, just kind of like talking about, uh, I don't know, if you, if you, are familiar with different forms of religion. There's one in particular who thinks, um, who who believes that Earth is one of many Earths, and like the the God or the you know um, the Maker, whatever you want to call it, has many of these different kinds of planets where there's different levels of development as far as life, but we're all like basic kind of um, like genetic makeup type thing. Like we're, we're all kind of like free thinking and we have, you know, appendages and things like that, that allow us to develop and live life. But I thought that was kind of interesting because I'm like, who knows, like um, UFOs in general, they could be like um, time travelers dimension. Yeah. I mean, they kind of have to because you have to travel. So like at the speeds that they go, you're traveling at least at the speed of light, if not more. Right. So they have to be traveling through time somehow. And I still don't understand how time. Well, time works. doesn't work. Yeah. Like time I is a made up illusion. How we can look through a telescope <laughs> and look at the big bang. It doesn't make you guys, sense. Have you me. guys seen? <laughs> I know too much about time. The thing about time where it's all happening at the same time. No, just tell me. Just for, she like Lexi, you just do this stuff all the time where you like get a notion in your head and you just start looking stuff up about it, and it just anxiety <laughs> stresses me out. Okay, yeah. I so really, know. really fast breakdown is essentially yeah. like right now the moment that we're in think about we're on like a like a cd right 
and in that CD, like where where like the point is, right? But then in that same spot, there's still other lines. If you get what I'm saying. So essentially, mm-hmm. what it's saying is that all of time is happening at the same time. We're just at this point in time. Does that make sense? So we're like in our present time, but yeah. Okay, yeah, that does make sense. I mean, it's like a like it's like a CD. It goes around like that, but all the other timelines are happening at the same time. So then, what happens when you die? Uh, I don't know. But that would make sense when it comes to like <laughs> yeah, Lexi, You yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you die? I'm very much still living. <laughs> yeah. No, clue. I think of it kind of like um, like and this might be more. Hauntings. Well, hold, like this might kind of connect to that because it's either like dimensional or time but I think of it kind of like you know when you take a piece of paper and you make like um like a fan for instance or think of those little worm things that I used to make when we lived in Missouri where you just like fold 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 and if it's scrunched up like that's like time like oh it it happens in a blink. Life happens in a blink. But when you're living it, it's like it's stretched out where it seems longer, but it's really this tight little thing. Does that make sense or am I kind of going yeah. off on a tangent? I mean, I get what you're saying, but I, I'm feeling more like like you run into residual hauntings a lot of places. Some people don't even realize it. Like when a spirit passes through them or they get like a smell or they have like a repetitive haunting and they're trying to communicate but it's not intelligible so that's what's considered a residual haunting which no, all the energy is left over me. yeah the energy is left over and that's why you're seeing it that's why you're feeling it or whatever so if we're on the cd and we're here but then in this area you know 200 years ago some colonial family was traveling the oregon trail then it's like we run into their timeline. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense with the little fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's also this, so side note, just to touch on the same thing, this thing, um, recent studies that there are other Earths, like you said, um, and that means that there are other versions of ourselves. So that there's versions of ourselves that are doing exactly what we're doing right now. And there's other ones that are, doing what we're doing and then like goes to the bathroom so like there's so many different versions of ourselves because earth is like different earths are real like us individually or like different no mm-hmm. like you personally yuck that's I've like the, of that too the mirror realm the mirror realm <laughs> i don't know why i feel like that i'm not sure why Multiverse. but um like yes. the mirror realm why do so many people get like icky vibes when they're when they're looking at their reflection in the mirror like <laughs> well i'll tell you a thing or two about yeah. that <laughs> yeah, but it's like you get like a weird vibe and um sometimes if you're looking at your reflection it might not always do exactly what you're doing in the same like moment you know like it might be like laggy or delayed or you might be looking and then you turn around and then you look back and she's like never turned her head or Ew. he or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's stuff that people have um, witnessed. Talked, or experienced. Yeah, witnessed. Yeah. And um, that's the mirror realm where they're 
through the mirror is a whole other universe that is essentially your life but lived in a different way creep town 3000 and i've thought about that too like like certain choices that we make in our life like who's to say there's not like a thousand other versions of that happening where we do a different situation or we you know you go a different path you're living a different life and you're like all of that to lead up as like a sandwich to okay like um no more this is such a tangent my god but no more like karmic debt debt because you've gone through all these different scenarios and you've worked through all like the right ones and all the bad ones and you know what i mean yeah it's freaky it's so unknown it makes me curious like i want to know but i also don't know if i want to like if i want to be reached out to i just want to be a garden of the galaxy but what makes you think that they're gonna pick you a human to be a part of their just because they did it in marvel who knows maybe maybe they're collecting a team of every species Mm -hmm. because if because if there's a multiverse war to not have the entire galaxy extinct, they're going to need every version of every living creature in the galaxy. Like Noah's Ark, but space. Okay? Yeah. I see it. I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Write it down. Movie idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in like two years, Marvel comes out with this fucking movie. <laughs> this and we're like, oh, wait For a real. second. Copyright TM. Well, I mean, they're yeah. going into the multiverse battle. It's kind of where I got my idea from. Wow. So you mm-hmm. copywrote. No, I just so, copyrighted. Copyright. I didn't write anything. <laughs> <laughs> so H.G. Wells is the one who like came up with this theory. Now he actually made the um he wrote he made <laughs> he wrote the book The Time Machine which I thought was cool because that movie freak like when they made it into a movie, I think in like the early 1900s, like 1940s or something. And then they redid it in like the 2000s. That movie, I was like, oh, you know, the, the time machine movie. Anyway, I thought that was interesting, especially if we're in like a multidimensional world, galaxy, you know, universe, whatever. The thought of time travel makes sense to me. If you can, if you have the ability to um, understand or harness that that part, then you should be able to go into it. I don't know. Now, in this version, like, do you guys believe in the butterfly effect? Oh, I was just talking about this with my daughter yesterday. Like that's that's what freaks me out. Is like if you could change one thing. But then it have affects all these other things in life in general. Well, if the multiverse is real, the butterfly effect would play into place because every option goes into a different reality if there's different versions of yourselves. So many realities. Because right? it's like, oh, um, like in that one movie about time, that's Josh, one of Josh and I's favorite movies, where he like goes back and he changes one significant one insignificant thing at the time and he goes back to his present time and his child is no longer his daughter 
his sweet little daughter, it's a little boy. And he's like, oh no, like changing one little thing in the past can like severely alter the future. I could see that. Have you guys seen Interstellar? No. Yeah. Oh, so good. Josh loved that movie too. and I, I like, love it. It tripped me the freak out. I was like, the the, when they out. were in that planet and it was like, I don't even remember how many years went by and they were only there for like an hour or two. It was, oh, yeah. They thought, they thought it was only like a seven year difference or something like that. But when they got back to their ship, it had been like 20 something years. Mm-hmm. And the man who was like left up on the ship to kind of like hold the fort had, yeah, had aged 20 years or something. And it was like, holy shit. Could you imagine just sitting there for 20 fucking years while you're- That's what I just thought of. Like, why would, like, do you stay? Do you have enough rations to make it 20 years if they thought it was going to be seven years? Well, initially they set them up to never come back. And they didn't know that. So he was set. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So back into my part. Sorry, tangent, tangent. Um, So fast forward to 1912. Famed occultist Aleister Crowley, best known for being, quote, the most wickedest man in the world. First of all, check the grammar. No, just kidding. (laughs) He basically like the late 1800s, early 1900s, he was very much like very, very into the occult, very into and open about ritualistic magic, stuff like that. But it was like um, some dark stuff. He was a magician. He was a novelist. He did poetry, paintings. He climbed mountains. He was just um, an interesting person. But nowadays, like the Christians kind of relate. I don't want to say the Christians, but like uh, he's related to like Satanism and things like that because he was working with some interesting stuff. Anyway, he apparently met a gray alien named Lamb during a ritual called, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but um, Amalantra Workings, which he believed um, opened the possibility for humans to connect interdimensionally and to extraterrestrial beings. Now, Aleister Crowley, um, rightfully so, was very controversial, but also kind of interesting. So I think that it would be it would be cool to do an episode just kind of like about him and about um, spiritualists and occultists in general, especially from, you know, like the early 1900s. I think that would be fun. But back to aliens, he was the first recorded um, he had the first recorded visitation with Lamb. But after him, many occultists and UFOologists have also interacted with him as well. One um, UFOologist actually described Lamb as being, quote, cold, computer-like intelligence 
beyond any human comprehension, which I'm like, okay, so what do we say about, you know, aliens in general is that they are way more advanced than us humans. So that kind of makes sense. I mean, that's like a no brainer. I wonder if like the aliens sent a robot. They, they're like, oh my gosh, we're getting a message from this crazy dude from Earth. Let's just send a robot. Could be. And even, like, um, just to kind of, like, look into what his, like, quote, ritual to kind of, like, have this happen, this communication happen. Like, say, like, you're, you're, um, you're meditating and, like, in that, like, hypnotic state. If somebody else, if somebody, if another being like so far away, if you're like that into it and they just happen to be, you know, more like in tune and then they're like, hey, this person or this, I want to talk to this, you know. So it's kind of like he was meditating or astral projecting. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't look into the workings of this Mm. particular ritual. But um, that's just kind of like how I was relating it to how yeah. like if you if you're in a deep meditative state, how you can kind of either astral project or, you know, connect with um, other things or other beings. That's kind of like what I was thinking. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the creature definitely had co- like uh, above human comprehension, like no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> It doesn't take a rocket scientist. Uh, doesn't take an alien to get that. <laughs> it doesn't take a UFOologist to think that. Exactly. I was like, okay. Now, as far as the grays go and, abduct- and abductions, I'm going to be talking about one of the most famous um, abduction stories, and that involves both Betty and Barney Hill. Side note. I really love these two names because Kayla and I had um, dogs growing up who were named Betty and Barney. So I was already like, oh, you know, (laughs) cute little doggies. Anyway, Betty and Barney Hill lived in New Hampshire. And Barney actually worked as a United States postal worker. He was a local board member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. And Betty worked as a social worker. And together... They were an interracial couple, which was extremely rare for the time, and were members of the NAACP and very active in their Unitarian Christian church. So they both were kind of, as you would say, like pillars of the community, very good, you know, um, well-rounded people. Now, that's just a little bit of a background on the pair. Now, for their abduction, it began during a trip home from a vacation as they were driving through rural, 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 yeah, that's a hard word to say with my weird chain of accents I have, (laughs) rural, rural, in the countryside, in 1961. Now, the couple and their dog, Delzy, had witnessed a bright light in the sky that Betty at first thought, (laughs) sorry, at first thought, (laughs) 
She thought at first that it was a fallen star. So they pulled over on the side of the road to get a better look and allow their dog to go have a little potty break. Um, now both Betty and Barney took turns looking at this bright ball of light in the sky through their pair of binoculars. The object, the object was reportedly an odd-shaped saucer with multiple colored lights on its surface and it was spinning. At first, Barney thought it was a commercial airplane, like, you know, logical thinker. Oh, it's just an airplane. Like, what are we freaking out about? But he, quick, he quickly realized it was not a common airplane. The craft shifted in the sky and looked as if it was coming closer to their location. Quickly heading back to the car, the couple headed down the road towards the rural mountainous path that they were driving home on. They both then watched as the UFO craft quickly flew towards them and hovered above their car, about 80 to 100 feet above them, but still about, you know, 500 feet in front of them. So if you can imagine, like, their car's driving here and it's, like, up in the distance, but still, like, you know, close to them. Too close for comfort, in my opinion. Um... At this point, <laughs> in my opinion, you know, <laughs> <laughs> too close for comfort, in my opinion. Yeah. In my fear of UFOs, that's a little too close for comfort. Anyway, um, at this point, Barney and Betty had stopped their car in the middle of the highway, most likely out of fear, shock, amazement, curiosity, all of that stuff. Can you freaking imagine? Um, so Barney stepped out of the car and began to walk towards the craft. And when he did so, he saw around, now some sources said 8 to 11, so I'm going to settle on 10. Saw about 10 humanoid creatures staring back at him through the saucer's windows. Barney recalled having a telepathic type of message that said, Stay where you are and keep looking. And at this point, the craft is getting closer. It's still about 80 feet above them, but now it's like 300 feet away. So it's like coming closer, right? Um, and this caused Barney to frantically run back to Betty, their pup, and their vehicle. Claiming, they never listen. What? No, oh, I know. <laughs> Stay where you are. Stay where Everything's you are. fine. Okay, I heard you say stay where stay where I am. I'm gonna run. Right. But I'm gonna take <laughs> off. Hey, I would. <laughs> yeah, not like I would be any braver, but come on, Barney. I know. I know. So he gets back to his wife, dog, and car, and he excuse me, starts saying, they're going to capture us, quote. They are going to capture us. Driving away with a swiftness, <laughs> Betty kept a lookout while Barney drove. When suddenly their car was vibrating and an electric tingling feeling that they both experienced within like their bodies, like they, um, one source says like into their souls, like that tingly feeling and <laughs> that tingly feeling. Um, so they had both experienced this, 
and they had almost like a dullness um, consciously. And they had heard like a series of buzzing sounds, beeping sounds before awakening, fully alert and realizing that they had driven nearly 35 miles. Once home, they both recalled that their watches had stopped ticking. Their memory of the event had become really hazy and fragmented. That their shoes that once, you know, they were like their dressy, classy shoes from vacation were very scuffed. Um, the strap, the leather strap to their binoculars was torn. Like this poor couple had been through it, y'all. Um, Betty later recalled how her dress was completely destroyed, torn, you know, without like unable to be fixed basically. And that both of their clothes had a pink hued powder on them. Now their Chevy 1957 Bel Air had very odd circular shiny spots on the trunk. Now both Barney and Betty once, you know, kind of calming down in the next, you know, couple of days, they conducted a series of little experiments. Um, one of which was a compass experiment. Now they took, you know, like an average ordinary compass to their car, to the trunk, and they would kind of, you know, move it towards these odd anomalies that appeared on their trunk and they witnessed the compass needle spinning erratically. And now when they would move it to another part of the car, it would get normal, move it closer, it would start spinning, like that kind of um, little experiment. Now at this point, once, you know, they both are like, this really happened to us, this is terrifying, they contacted the United States Air Force. And at first they were like a little bit hesitant to discuss everything because they didn't want to seem too eccentric or crazy or anything like that. Now they were thoroughly interviewed and their interview was actually for forwarded on to Project Blue Book, which is the Air Force's UFO research group. Now, the couple also contacted the NICAP, which is the Nat National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. And over the years, many thorough interviews and tests have been conducted on the couple, their car, and their clothing. Um, I think that her dress in general, she had originally thrown it away. She like didn't want anything to do with it. Um, she retrieved it from the trash and was like, maybe I need this. And she like stored it in a garment bag in her closet. And good thing because like over, you know, the, la the next 20 years, they were doing like thorough testing on it. Um, now by 1964, the couple underwent a series of hypnotherapy sessions to try and recall the memory blocks that they had try to kind of piece together what the hell happened to them. Now, this is like a very, very short synopsis of what they experienced. Betty herself was having extremely vivid dreams. Um, I'm not gonna cover that so much. I'm just gonna kind of focus on their hypnosis and um, like the broad 
walkthrough of what came out of those basically. Um, so they both, while under hypnosis, recalled being taken aboard the aircraft and having various tests done on them. Think a extremely invasive, invasive physical. Now they both spoke about the alien's eyes. Barney in particular just kept, you know, during his like first um, hypnosis session was just talking about their eyes, their eyes. And he said like the eyes necessarily weren't attached to a body, but they like came closer to him and like laid on his own eyes. That's so cool. Crazy. It's like their eyes are like an attached, like like another limb. That's so mm -hmm. sick. And he said that. Well, they both said that they were they were hypnotic and almost calming, and they were receiving like a lot of telepathic messages, like "Remain calm, like we're not here to hurt you. We just want to know more," kind of thing. Did they communicate back telepathically, or did they have to speak? I'm not sure. I know um, Betty had mentioned that the that the Greys had spoken English to her and to each other, but Barney was like, "Oh no, they spoke in some strange mumbled language that I couldn't understand." But when they like spoke to him directly, it was like that. Now, one of the things that he did say was he remembered. I'm not gonna get into too much detail, but that. They, he most, he assumed that they most likely took a sperm sample, which I thought was interesting. You know, the multiverse battle kind of goes through like, you know, studies, procreate, like who even knows? You think they cut him open and took it or like they no. made him? So he said, <laughs> you know, he said, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to into it now. <laughs> so he said basically that they put some sort of like a cup over his privates that he specifically said that he did not orgasm, but he believes that they took a sperm sample from him. So I was like, oh, but they did all sorts of things like looking like into their ears, looking in their mouths, their eyes, all of that kind of thing. Going around their other orifices and things like that much more detail online but i'm gonna just would they like cut them open and look at their no. organs well that's good yeah what if their technology was so advanced they just like were able to scan them exactly like they didn't even need to it was just like a quick and easy little thing like a little physical <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's i was thinking like um think of it as like a very invasive physical like yeah, a sperm not, sample yes like you're not he wasn't, he wasn't harmed though yeah they didn't like cut his you know yeah balls like to get those you know super yeah. close to get it yeah exactly exactly um that's so cool now one of betty's hypnosis sessions she recalled a memory of seeing a star map um, that actually one of the extraterrestrials, the Greys, showed her. Now, it was a, a map of the stars that basically had either solid lines, like connecting different stars, or dashed lines 
Now the solid lines showed like their trade routes and the dashed lines were like less traveled to stars. Now this is 1961 that this abduction happened and occurred, right? Excuse me. Now, um, it has, her star map has been proven to be accurate. It apparently matches a star system known as the Zeta Reculum system. And what are the grays called? Zeta Reculins. So it's kind of cool. That is so Probably cool. Branched off from that star map thing, but still interesting. <laughs> now, there's no way that Betty could have known this. Um, although further data and reach research presently has shown some flaws in this particular map. Um, the question remains, did this truly happen? Did she really, you know, did they both interact with um, an alien species? Were they abducted? All of this stuff, it's pretty crazy. I say um, yes. I know, I right? I it happened, that's for sure. A hundred percent, or they were on some really good drugs. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, I was like, they could have happened or they had some fun on vacation, you know, because yeah. not to mention they were two very, you know, average, good people lived, you know, normal lives and they both experienced this. Now, I know like there's all sorts of um, tales and sightings, especially when you're in a car, especially when you're driving at night, especially in a rural rural or country area where there's not a lot of um, population, you know, there's not a big population of people or communities or things like that, where it's definitely, you, you hear more stories like that. So I totally, you know, I could see this happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think what's so cool about Betty and what's his name? Barney. Barney. Barney is that they were like, encountering a very smart intelligence yeah like that is so crazy yeah and they didn't get hurt at all they were just yeah. looked at and talked to and they were calmed down the whole time that's like the perfect case scenario i wouldn't oh, mind being sure. um like i'm a full-blown organ donor like take everything donate me to science i don't care what you do with my body after i die so i'm totally down for them to like Check my ears out, my teeth, yeah. my organs, whatever. Just don't hurt me. I just don't want to feel the pain. Yes. And yeah. now her dreams, um, I I already had so much for myself as far as... Um, I don't have as much topic, as So I didn't want to get into the, the dreams, but her dreams were really interesting. And now they're hypnosis, hypnotherapist, I should say. Um, didn't doubt that they believed that this happened, but he was like, I don't know, you know, Betty was having some pretty crazy dreams that she told Barney about. So Barney must have subconsciously, um, thought, oh yes, this happened to me. And so during hypnosis, all these memories started coming out and it was like, oh, okay. Just agree that this happened to these people. You know, yeah, like, but don't they try can. to cross it up. Especially in the 60s, there was no way that anyone was right. to be on their side. That's, yeah. just, that's it. 
but for their interviews and their, you know, findings to be submitted to the project blue book, I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about project blue book too. Oh, very good. Well, very let's good. get on into it. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. So what I'm going to talk about is a little bit of UFO sightings and a little bit of NASA. NASA, we're calling you out. Although I do appreciate that they have come forward with a lot of the UFO stuff that people have claimed to have seen. And then like a couple years ago, they were like, yeah, okay. No, a we don't know what they ago, are. During the pandemic, they yeah. dropped and admitted to it while everything was happening and it's like but there's some cool stuff happening with nasa right now so uh, let me just get into it get into it so ufo sightings so between 1947 and 1969 which is the height of the cold war okay more than 12,000 ufo sightings were reported to project blue book project blue book which is the air force the the team over unidentified flying objects or or UAPs UFOs UAPs um, aerial phenomenons it's the Air Force program that investigates these so more than twelve thousand UFO sightings during that time and the basic mission of Project Blue Book is to scientifically investigate all of the instances and determine whether any pose a national security threat. Now, the way I look at it is if the government is involved at all, it's real. Like, right. why would you have a whole team like created to investigate these crazy things if they're not real? I just like don't one, think that uh, like on one hand I could see like, oh, let's if somebody saw, oh, I see, I see this airplane that looks like it could be from another country or something like that. I could understand that. But the fact that they're reporting alien sightings or UFO sightings, I think that's a little, you know. It's just like, okay. <laughs> All right. Exactly. But um, currently, I just want to jump in here. NASA has a team and they're getting there's this team of 16 researchers and they will spend the next nine months studying unidentified aerial phenomena also known as ufos or uaps and they're a part of a team of nasa okay so the research which will be unclassified data will lead to a report that will be made available to the public next year but this is happening right now like they announced it a couple months ago and now the team is like getting together. And why um, haven't we heard about it? You know, you can go to NASA's website and they have the all the information. That's where I got all this information was from NASA. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So NASA's research follows the Pentagon's announcement in July that it would create an office to track reports of UAPs. And earlier this year, Congress had held a public hearing on UFOs for the first time in 50 years. Pretty crazy. But the selected research group includes professors, scientists, um, oceanographers, and others who study space. So former NASA astronaut Scott Kelly and Nadia Drake, a scientist, journalist, and a contributing writer to the National Geographic, are all also among the group's members. 
just interesting, which I don't know if it's true, but I saw like a TikTok forever ago that was like NASA used to study the ocean and then yes. they saw something and were freaked out and decided to change to study space to try to get us off of Earth. So it's yeah. interesting that they have an oceanographer. I was literally just about to say that. Yeah. I was like, oh, once I saw that, I was like, oh, really? How about that? Mm-hmm. What the hell is in what the ocean? What if outer space is just water? What? What if it's just water? In space? Yeah. I don't know. Could be. Because mm-hmm. we can't breathe in water. Well, I'm like, did they discover mm-hmm. Atlantis? And the Atlanteans were like, get the heck out of here. I don't know. Or like a gang of octopies. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or you have a really weird thing about octopi. <laughs> you saw that earlier. Like, octopus, like, tell me that's not an alien. <laughs> tell me it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It yes. can change color. They can communicate to each other. They look like an alien. You know, they're alien looking. Multiple hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And they can easily like attack a human in a smart way. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think it's very interesting and very convenient that now not only does the Air Force have Project Blue Book, but now NASA has their own team. But I do think it's cool that they're going to come public with their findings at the end of next oh, year. What other things are going to stay classified? Exactly. Like, what are they going to tell us? Who knows? But there's a fly. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about a few sightings of UFO sightings. Okay. So New Mexico. Let me just paint this picture for you. December oh, 1948. New Mexico. Okay. Witnesses, witnesses, multiple report seeing green balls of fire in the skies around the Los Alamos and the Sandia Atomic Weapons Laboratories and other highly sensitive military installations. In one instance, the fireball raced head on toward a plane, forcing the pilot to swerve. Now, when they got, when they studied it, Okay, Project Motherfucking Blue Book studied it and they came up with, it must have been, they still don't know what it is, but they said, oh, don't worry, guys, it must have just been a Soviet spy device. Okay. Like, like, that's going to make me feel any better. Or a (laughs) nuclear fallout debris or just an alternate form of lightning. Oh. Yeah. Like, okay, that's obviously the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard i don't know i'm so i don't believe shit i know I don't believe shit these people say and um i'm gonna paint another picture for you <laughs> roswell new mexico summer of 1947 now this is america's most famous ufo incident after u.s army forces shockingly announced that they'd recover remnants of a flying disc From a New Mexico ranch, officials quickly backtracked, claiming the debris actually came from a downed weather balloon. They always say that, too. Because for, like, years, NASA has been gaslighting the world, saying it's just a weather balloon. And then in the middle of COVID, they're like, okay, it wasn't. They're all UFOs. We don't know what they are. How, like, the audacity, the PTSD I have from NASA 
And they say, like, you know, if you watch one of those science fiction movies or just, like, like opinion in general, the, the public will not be able to um, handle it. Yeah. There will be chaos. There, there will be rioting. How about you stop lying and making assumptions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you stop gaslighting us? Yeah, literally. But I mean, like, what if they don't know? So like well, they, this is well. Let, let me get so into they're the, like, the I don't last know. of this little instead story. of being like, oh, it's this, so that the population doesn't riot. Because if you don't know, like, oh, <laughs> well, after they said it was a weather balloon. Decades later, the Air Force admitted that they'd concocted that story to cover the fact that the wreckage came from an aerial spy device. Conspiracy theories endure that the captured aliens about con- captured aliens and government cover-ups. So they came out later saying like, oh, sorry, we fucked up. It was actually, um, it was a spy device. We just didn't want to scare you. But I don't find that to be true either. I mean, at they this said, point, I don't trust anything. They said that about the green flames or whatever. Mm-hmm. That just sounds phony. Yeah. Hang on. Now my phone's not working. Interesting. Yeah. FBI hey. agent, knock it off. Literally. June 1947, Mount Rainier, Washington. I don't know how to say it, but that sounds good. So this is the birth of the flying saucer. Okay. All right. So civilian pilot Kenneth Arnold reported seeing nine glowing objects flying in a V formation over Mount Rainier at an estimated speed of 17 miles per hour, 1700 miles per hour. He compared, like 17. Yeah. 17 miles per hour. Just saying it out. <laughs> 1700 miles per hour. He compared their motion to a saucer, like a literal cup, like a mug saucer, flipped upside down, skipping like a rock, like you would skip on a, on the water. That's so cool. That's what he compared it to. So the news reports translated as the shape of the craft themselves. And that's where you get a flying saucer from. It's from his description of it. So Air Force investigators... Project Blue Book deemed Arnold a credible witness, but concluded what he had seen was a mirage. (laughs) Now, yeah, are you? Oh, he's a credible witness, guys. Don't don't come after him. Okay, we like Arnold, but I'm just telling you right now, that one was full of shit. Like that's so that's such bullshit. And this guy, Kenneth Arnold, spent years. Like, having a mental breakdown, not really. I mean, I'm sure he was fine. But he, like, seriously over, like, over, went over everything that happened that night again and again and again. And for a long time, I mean, this shit consumed him. So they're like, he's a credible witness, but you just saw a mirage. Sorry. Well, it's, like, the perfect thing to be, like, um, like, oh, if his one person's you know soul or mind or anything will sacrifice that one person for the greater good like yeah the greater the greater good yeah the greater good quote but, <laughs> that's just some interesting things i i think that we still don't know half of anything that has happened like 
I believe what I saw could have been an alien. I didn't report it to no Project Blue Book. Bastards. <laughs> Lying yeah. through their teeth. So I'm sure that they're... And I've talked to a lot of people that also have claimed that they may have seen something unidentified for sure. They don't know what it was. But um, I'm sure there's a lot more stories out there in the world of un unidentifiable things happening but don't mm-hmm. go to the government because they're gonna lie and call you crazy. Yep. Well, just kidding. Go to the government. Whatever. Yeah. Going. Um. The only like time that I for sure was like, okay, that that was definitely a UFO. Was an orange ball of light in the sky. Night sky, and I it was steady moving and getting like bigger and smaller too. To the point, like, it was chilling in my, like, skyline long enough for me to go grab, like, multiple family members to show them and be like, what the heck is that? What the, you know? Yeah. But I didn't call the government because they probably would have been like, it was this, you know? You need to get your glasses checked. Exactly. fine. While taking samples of all the dirt in the area for the next two months. You know, I just... Yes, buying the property to yeah. do further research. Exactly. <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We'll figure it out eventually or we won't. I mean, whatever. The government's yeah. not going to tell us everything. But I think it's interesting. People have had a lot of really cool encounters and... Maybe, maybe I'll be like, okay, I'll hitch a, a ride with Lexi if they come and pick her up. But I want to be brought back. No promises. I got to pay rent. Like, I'm in a lease. <laughs> but yeah, so. I'll, I'll just be like, goodbye. Goodbye, <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, how do you communicate with aliens? We just don't. <laughs> oh there <laughs> yeah you go. so there, that's it um no it <laughs> realistically would be what is called quantum communication so it uses quantum features of of light to send messages interesting and it's like the best way to be able to send messages from one star system to another but let's say they land in your backyard how do we communicate there? We don't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you you tie yourself to the ship and tell them they yeah. have to hear you. Hey, tiger's thumb. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me go pack my bags really fast. <laughs> it's like we don't have time. It's okay. I don't need anything. I already have go. a go bag. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Two seconds. So this astrophysicist, his name is Avi Loeb. He wrote the book, Extraterrestrials, The First Signs of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. Oh. Okay. So he says, or his theory or his thought is that the possibility of being able to communicate with aliens if they land could be like none. Really? Yeah. So reason for that being is because they could be so intelligent that there's too much of a gap between our intelligence and theirs like the way that they communicate and if an alien were to come to earth there would be a giant technology gap between the two of us so some say that 
you might need like an AI to be able to communicate with an alien because they're just like that much more advanced with their knowledge. And um, if they were to like send a ship, there, there, it's a possibility that it would be an AI to be able to like withstand that long commute because like a bunch of years. Jeez, so it might not even be an alien life form. It would be an alien AI. Yeah, like the little smart AI that they made. Mm-hmm. If they can like, communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but another way to kind of try to get communication with an alien, if you are in their presence for whatever reason, would be to almost take it back to like teaching a kid how to communicate. And like kind of trying to build that correlation to them but that's also assuming that they have the same type of way of thinking as we do right which like we have teaching mechanism well, which we but should. we have like no real idea if they do or not so communicating with them is like hit or miss essentially Jeez. yeah maybe that is why they just go telepathic because they're like humans shut up I'm just going to tell you what But what I'm if thinking. they're not that advanced? Like, they're, you know what I mean? Like, not all of them have that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty the, um, They just, like, stare at each other. Yeah, like, hey, hey. <laughs> Hello. But what if they don't even, they don't, in their... Yeah, what if, what if they, they don't have eyeballs? And they think it's, like, a disrespect. Insult. Yeah. And they're, like, da 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 And you're, like, yeah. ah! Like you did, you, yeah, you can't do anything. The um, the close encounters of the fifth kind. They talk about, um, like getting a group of, like like-minded individuals and going in nature somewhere, kind of like off the beaten path or away from a lot of city noise, and like getting into a circle and doing almost like a meditative thing. And, like, inviting them to come down and stuff. And they've, like, actually caught, like, visual and audio um, evidence of, like, like synchronized lights in the skies or of, like, portals opening in the skies and lights coming out of them. Even, like, still photographs of, like, um, light anomalies or, like, almost, like, apparition-type beings like around the people in their circle and stuff. So they like open it up almost like ritual, which is kind of like what I was thinking about um, Crowley's method. But It's interesting though, because then if you go to like, you watch like the Dead Files, like Amy Allen or Josh, your husband, for example, last week's episode, when she encounters something that she knows is a gray and they like abducted the homeowners or the children there's nothing she can do so she's like i'm out like bye there's there's nothing i can do sorry they're just gonna keep abducting you or they're gonna and they're like so if we move nope they're they're gonna follow you they know where you are yeah that's kind of cool and then like josh for example open the doors and sees the grays and then like shuts it and is like i don't know what to do and that's yeah. what that's what scares me is like they are unknown so you don't know how to work like communicate with them or what the fuck to do mm-hmm. they are alien to us that yes. indeed they are mm-hmm. 
still love them though yeah yeah it's pretty cool like i definitely would want to communicate with one before i die are you not like within that like a small period i communicate with them and then i die (laughs) you you communicate with them and then they murder you yeah (laughs) yeah Like the perfect snack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think it would be cool. I mean, I saw something that was so unexplainable. My little creature running and then disappearing in front of me. I mean, like, that's, it's so unexplainable. I would want to know what the heck it was. So if I were to meet an alien, then I would be like, read my mind and look at this memory and tell me what it was and if they're like oh my God, i don't know dude like <laughs> oh, bye <laughs> then i don't know and that's where like i differ from you both because i'm like i don't i don't want to like i don't mind like doing like um like a ghost hunting sesh or like a like a medium style reading where you're talking with like the dead or like any sort of spiritual being Aliens in general, I mean, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. They they scare me. They make me nervous. Yeah. See, I feel like that, like doing an investigation and stuff like that is more scarier because at least an alien, you can see it. Like you understand what it's doing. You understand like movement patterns, but like something that you can't see, but you can feel is scarier to me that's really unknown because you have no idea what it is because it could lie like oh i'm your grandma but then it's not yeah yeah but like what i saw when it was running and then it disappeared like they can disappear if that was an alien then it can disappear it could be watching you right now that would be so cool or we're like best friends yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's me like an interstellar phone we could chit chat on Yeah. yeah No, they're they're like in your subconscious. They're like your um, inner voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hey. we just don't know a lot about aliens. But what we yeah. do know, we know. And spirit know? guides, like shout back to our spirit guide episode. The star beings; mm-hmm. those are aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lexi, I definitely think you have star beings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, no way. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Thank you, Twisted listeners, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our little chat about aliens. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have any alien stories, any experiences, or any twisted tales that you want to let us know about, definitely do so. You can go to our YouTube if you're not watching this on YouTube. It is Three Twisted Sisters Podcast. Comment below on our video. You can like, subscribe, and message us on Instagram and TikTok at underscore three twisted sisters, or you can send us an email to three twisted sisters podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your stories, so definitely let us know. Yes, and we hope that you guys have a wonderful weekend and you have a great, hopefully stress free holiday season if you celebrate them. Other than that, we hope you take care. And stay twisted. Bye.